Hey, dirty was crack a lacking in jack and slacking. Uh, this episode of the SBP is brought to you by the Anchor app. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Anchor is how the SBP is even a thing, and it is a very easy thing to do. I will explain it to you in very simple terms. Go to anchor.fm, download their app onto your phone or onto your computer because that's where you will do the business or your PC or whatever. There's super easy creation tools make it so that you can easily do a podcast. Easy peasy. Some would, some would say lemon squeezy. Uh, and uh, you can make money from your podcast with a, um, a what is it called? Uh, um, oh, I forgot what it's called. Zero minimum listenership. Which means you don't have to have a big old audience to, to enjoy your podcast. You just have to have a kind, giving audience that's willing to donate to your podcast so that you will make money. The best thing, Anchor provides it uh, a free service to you, the podcast maker, and puts it up on all, if not most, podcast platforms. Google, Apple Podcasts. And many others. So get your shit together and do a podcast. Aight? It's cool. All the cool kids are doing it. Uh, let's see. Um, we got dates, yo. This uh, Saturday night, May 28th, I will be doing comedy at the Tipsy Lounge in San Leandro. The following Sunday, May 29th, I will be in San Jose at the Branham Lounge. The following Monday, May 30th, I'll be at Lily Max in Sunnyvale. That's three fucking shows in a row, yo. Uh, <laughs> um, next, uh, not this coming Thursday, but next Thursday, June 2nd, the Boyles Bistro Blowout in Hayward, California. It is not a ladies' night. That's what we're calling this show because it's all females and we're funny. Um, <laughs> June 3rd, Hazards playing the X-Bar in Cupertino. June 11th, Hazards playing the Elegant Pub in San Jose. Uh, June 21st, just booked. I will be at the Concord Tap Room. Guess where that's at? It's in Concord, California. Um, and then um, the next oh, well, a couple days from that, I'll be getting on a plane and going to Maryland because Zed is playing June 25th, Saturday, headlining the Saturday night of the Maryland Doom Fest. And then in July, we got the Bistro again on the 7th. Uh, July 16th, we got the Castro Valley Center for the Arts, a big comedy show benefiting, benefiting the Center of the Arts. And uh, looks like July 20th, Comedy in the Park in San Jose. I still don't know if that date's legit, but when you book shit that far in advance, it sometimes gets a little wonky on ya. And as always, music heard here on the Sean Boyles podcast is not trademarked, owned, or copywritten by Sean Boyles and or the Sean Boyles podcast. Don't try to sue me, because it'll do you no good.
Let's do a show. It's the Sean Boyles Podcast. Music, comedy, drums, life, burritos. What's up, dirties? It's your boy. It's your dude. It's me. It's Sean Boyles. It's the Sean Boyles Podcast. Episode 141 for May, what is today? May, what the fuck is today? The 20 whatever? I don't know. I don't know what today's date. Oh, the the 24th, May 24th. Tuesday, May 24th. Uh, What's up? What's cracking? How are you? How you doing? Ah, we got a um, we got a new feature on the podcast that we're going to start this episode, and uh, I will explain that to you later. We have the normal shit that we usually do here on the podcast, and uh, you know the recap of the week and earworm and reaction of the week, all the hits, and uh, and a new feature, a new something new for you. Something very new. I, um, so in our financial woes that we were having, uh, last month and the month before and the month before that, (laughs) I deleted all streaming services. I got rid of all television watching. Uh, the only thing I kept, I, and then, you know, anything that I was paying for on a monthly thing. I got rid of just to try to save every penny I had. Um, so that meant Netflix, that meant Hulu, that meant uh, YouTube TV, that meant um, uh, the only thing I kept was um, the only thing I kept was I think I kept Spotify and Pandora. That's the only thing I kept. And I guess the Apple, but the Apple one's kind of involved because it's more than just listening to music and or podcasts, right? Um, So I canceled almost everything. Music stuff I kept. TV viewing stuff was out about. Got rid of it. Uh, However, like I had HBO Max. I'm all caught up in my own headphone cable. Give me a second. Jesus Christ. Got the headphone wrapped around my arm all weird. Anyway, uh, at HBO Max, I had, um, I think that was it. Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max. The Hulu and the Showtime were together. Um, Yeah, I think that was it. In the in the YouTube TV, so for about two three months, not much television watching anyway. No big deal. Still paying for the Wi Fi because that's what you need, right? You need that to function in life. It's like the fucking it's like water. And then, um, but for whatever you know, and then I kept getting alerts saying, "Hey, your shit's gonna run out on this date." Netflix hasn't run out. Netflix is still running strong. I watched the end of Ozarks, and there again, I said it, huh? I said Ozarks again. 
It's called Ozark. You fucking stupid. Talked about that last week, right? Um, <laughs> I watched. Uh, well, I watched a couple of things. Anyway, I got an email about a special offer. Hulu in um, was it Hulu? Hulu and Disney Plus for a squeaky clean, cheap amount a month. So I got back on it. And in getting back on the Disney Plus, I started watching the book of Boba Fett. Here on my my Star Wars boner was 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 thick, bricked up and veiny. And I'm watching and it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. It's not good. I mean, it's okay. I'm watching it because I like Star Wars that much, I guess. I can't not watch it. But that dude that plays Boba Fett, that dude's a shitty actor. He's not a good actor. I don't know if it's the the New Zealand in him or I don't know. And you know me. I could give a shit about acting film and in TV or whatever it doesn't really there's a couple things I'll watch I'll get into but this is just I'm watching it and I'm about to watch I think the last episode of this that first season um but just not the not the best acting going on in this fucking thing a little surprised a little surprised um I don't know how these things go I don't know if it's just, uh, and I, another thing I noticed too, um, the special effects, especially in the puppeteering, it seems cheaper than what would be in a Star Wars movie. Like it just seems just like. I know they ain't supposed to be spending shit tons of money on these things, but like the quality of the puppeteering definitely seems less than what you would expect in a Star Wars film. You know, it's like if you're used to, how can I? What can I? What, what what kind of what kind of analogy can I pull out of my ass? It'd be like if you were, if you, I can't think of anything. Like basically, it's just like a, a, a you know, like you got you, you got a, a a really good something, and then this other thing here, perfect example. Well, this would be a musician thing, but you got a Gibson, you got a you got a Gibson SG, right? And then you're using a, uh, an Epiphone SG. Like the Gibson SG is, is the shit. That's the real deal, the legit thing. But then you get an Epiphone SG. Epiphone's, it's pretty good. It'll get you through it. Does makes all the same noises. You can tune it the same. Plays pretty damn good. But it's not the Gibson. That's kind of the difference. At least I. that's what I'm seeing. Anyway. This looks a little cheaper. Looks a little cheaper. But not enough to fucking be like me using Kelly Moore paint and then turn around. 
and use some Valspar. Nah, Valspar is shitty. That I take it back. I take it back. I'm sorry. Valspar is fucking terrible. Terrible. Fucking awful. Be like using Sherwin Williams and then using Kelly Moore. Like you could tell a difference, but it's not that big of a difference. But it's just a little bit cheaper. This Kelly Moore is a little bit lesser of a product than that Sherwin Williams. Speaking of fuck, Kelly Moore's fucking up. Kelly Moore's fucking up. I know you guys don't give a shit about painting, but let me tell you what's going on with the Kelly Moore. Kelly Moore is in the process of revamping some of their product line, and thus they don't have anything that you want. I bitched about it last week, about them not having any semi-gloss. Another wrinkle in that fucking scenario. So paint comes in bases, right? Before you have your color tinted, before you get the paint and have a color made, they have bases that they need to make that color, right? And I think Kelly Moore's got five bases. Okay, they got a one, two, three, four, and five. The one is what they use to make your super bright and light colors, okay? And um, actually, well, not necessarily bright colors, light colors. Like these are all your whites into your off whites. The two base, some of the off whites, and then some other stuff. They got another base that is for super bright colors. They got a medium, you know, a medium base and then a dark base. So like you, you dark grays and dark browns and dark anything. Okay. What they're currently in the middle of doing is they're going to get rid of the one in the two base. So your kind of mid colors and your bright and your, your light colors are going to be done in the same base now for now on. But what's going to happen is. If you got something done in a super light base, a light color, say if you, the industry standard, Kelly Moore's Swiss coffee is the industry fucking standard white. All the paint companies can use it or can make it because it's such a popular color. It went with everything. You walk into a house and look at the trim. Nine times out of 10, it's going to be Swiss coffee, the color. It's a nice bright white. And I still, to this day, have no idea what the fuck the Swiss are doing with their coffee to make it that bright. Nonetheless, it's called Swiss coffee. Um, so they're going to change the base that they make their most popular color in. And they're going to combine it with the colors that are a little a smidge darker than that base. And what's going to happen is... If you're going to try to match Swiss coffee, it's not going to match exactly. It's going to be a smidgy of a quarter shade darker. It's not going to match completely. Why? Why are you fucking up your main color that the fucking industry has globbed upon and now you're going to make it tough for anybody to do a touch-up? If I, if I paint the whole thing, it'll be fine. But if I want to touch up something, I can't. And I don't understand why they're doing it. It seems fucking stupid to me. The light colors get used more often than the dark colors. I don't get it. I think I'm going to give up on the Kelly more. I really do. I used a cabinet paint from, uh, from uh, Home Depot. Fucking great. Fucking great. 
It touched up so good. I had some runs. I was able to sand them out easy, and I was able to hit it with a brush, and even my brushing just smoothed out and evened out. It's fucking great. I'm going to use the fucking Home Depot, uh, the bare cabinet paint for now on. Yeah, that's I'm jumping ship. I'm jumping ship. Kelly Moore, you fucking up. And you might have lost a customer because you're changing your shit. I um, had a show on, um, when was that show? That show was last Thursday. Last Thursday I had a show in Sunnyvale at a place called Murphy's Law. I had done a show there once before. Um, Dave, um, the online men, uh, nemesis Mean Dave does a does a show there, I believe, once a month on a Thursday. And um, I did it before, and he, 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 he usually hosts it. He didn't, he didn't host it this time. He had Nina G host it. Last time he couldn't host it either, and he had uh, Teddy Hall host it. I uh, didn't, I had an okay set with Teddy, but this Thursday, this past Thursday with Nina, I had a great set. I had to go first. I had to go bullet. That's what we call going first. You go bullet because more likely as the first comment, you're going to take the bullet for uh, a crowd kind of being a little cold. If the uh, host in their opening set hasn't opened them up at all, might be a problem. Nina G is a very good comic. She had no problem opening that room up, thus made it a lot easier for me as the first comic to uh, rip. And I had a fine set. Very happy with my set. Um, I kind of, I had some ideas that I hadn't really uh, fully fleshed out at like open mics or whatever. I said, fuck it. I just went for it. And um, I got through some bits that that maybe weren't cooked yet. And I got through them and they worked. So uh, I was pretty happy. Pretty happy with that whole scenario. Can't complain about that. So yeah, that was good. Um, And then just fucking grinding, man. I've been grinding. Grinding. Working. Grinding. If I sound a little weird, I think I've got a... I think I got... I might have a cold. I definitely am stuffy. Um, I was thinking that it was allergies because we had some like pretty gnarly wind the last like few days. The last few days, just, just, just stuffy and itchy eyes and sneezing. Uh, so I think it's some sort of allergy scenario. Um, but today I felt... I felt a smidge achy, just a smidge. I don't feel it now, but I did feel earlier today a smidge achy, a smidge. Um, I'm not going to worry about it. I might wear a mask for the next few days, although I haven't been, but I haven't really seen anybody either. So, um, so just interesting, interesting how we're going to navigate getting sick from here on out. Are we... Um, you know, are we going to hide? Are we going to self-quarantine every time we get a sniffle? Are we going to wash our hands and wear gloves and wear a mask? Or are we just going to go back to how we used to was and just plow through, go to work sick, and infect everybody like we've always done? 
I kind of feel like that's sort of happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm talking to people, oh, yeah, I, I think I might have a cold. Well, get the fuck away from me. What are you doing? You think you might have a cold. Stay away. So, yeah, I think um, I think I might have a cold. <laughs> oh, um, on a uh, more somber note, um, what happened today? Uh, today's Tuesday, the 24th. Uh, earlier today, a uh, tragedy, another school shooting. Um, 19 people dead in Texas, including the gunman. Um, I've seen a few videos already. Um, Steve Kerr being one of them, a coach of the Golden State Warriors, getting fucking hot, man. Getting hot and saying some very poignant things. And uh, basically saying, I'm tired of feeling like this all the time when something like this happens. You know, there's a there's a bill on the desk of the of the Senate and it is not even being looked at and it's been there for two years. And uh you know I complained a while back about you know listening to sports figures uh for our um where where we should uh hear guidance from as far as social and uh and political issues, because before it was, you know, and I, I heard this interesting thing too, not to convolute and, 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 and bring a other, bunch of other shit into one thing, but I just had another thought, you know, I'll get, you know, I want to talk about the Texas thing because some other things had come up, f- for me at least, with this thing coming out. And, um, but I heard an interesting thing, on a, somebody was saying on a podcast, they were talking about how back in the day, the um anything that bucked up against the current political sort of mindset came from uh came from music you know especially in the 60s you know what i mean the 60s is like if you had a you had something to say about how some shit was going down you put it in the form of a song and 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 the voice of the protester was 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 from music and you know, and then some aspects it kind of turned into you know you hear that voice of reason from 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 comedians. Probably didn't take them seriously because of fucking comedians, but nonetheless. And now, comics are sort of afraid to do that. There's not too many, you know. There's a few still sort of political leaning comics, you know, to say some shit. Um, but. It don't happen in music. You don't hear it in music at all. Nobody's got a protest song in 2022. You know what I mean? Like, it's just music doesn't say. You'll hear some shit in rap once in a while, but it's so, like, it's not. It doesn't catch the fire like a protest song used to back in the day. At least it doesn't seem like it anyway. Maybe because there's so much other noise. and um, But it seems like we hear it from sports figures now. And people will talk about what the sports figure said about a thing. 
and more chatter gets sort of more talk gets involved and in, 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 in stirred up and more discussion is had over what a sports figure said about any particular thing than ever. I mean, you know, I mean, Muhammad Ali was the first one to to really make known his political leanings or maybe even, you know, those two cats that won those medals in those Olympics and they put that fist up in the air. You know what I mean? Like, there's been hints of it here and there, but it seems like with the way the media runs now to, you know, say that, hey, this sports figure said this and then it gets people talking, it definitely happens more that way than it does, oh, I heard this song where this artist said this thing about this thing over here and you don't hear that. You don't hear discussion piling out or uh, falling out from uh, hearing music probably because it's not there and the sports figures are um, people are listening to them more which is bananas because well who wants to listen to musicians either we're you know musicians are the the deeper thinker emotional type that's why they do music probably right the, the 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 sports the sports guy that's the that's the jock right that's the meathead typically of course i'm super generalizing super generalizing of course there's emo sports guys and of course there's meathead musicians of course but stereotypically <laughs> and i say all that in lieu of what happened in texas because i've heard some people Sports figures talk about, like I said, Steve Kerr was just like, what the fuck are we doing? You know, I mean, he didn't say that, but, you know, and it, but he's goddamn right, man. He's goddamn right. Why are we not doing anything about this? You know, he said, why are you senators so afraid to do anything about this? You guys. And then I saw another clip of a guy in I don't know where it was in Congress or whatever it was. And he was like a senator from um, Connecticut, and he was like, "I he, he was like, I will get on my hands and knees, and I will beg you to please act." You know. And then I saw some headlines as I was screw, uh, just kind of looking at AP, and uh, and Biden even was like, "Yeah, we need to act," but they say that every time we need to do something, but nothing gets done. So hopefully. Something gets done this time, but goddamn. So what what triggered me about the Texas thing? Yes, it's a school and it's children's. And that sucks and it's awful and it's terrible. But what got me thinking was first of all, shootings like this, they're happening every day. Every day, if not multiple times a day. It happens every day. But we don't hear about all of them because they're not juicy enough. And what I mean by that is, like we heard about the thing in, in uh, uh, where was that? Was that Chicago? Or was, it th- or was that Florida? I forget where it was, and I apologize. Um, the church, that was like last week, right? There was a ch- Someone went into a church and it was racially motivated, right? And then, uh, so that, but but that's just it. If it's children, 
that tugs on our heartstrings. If it's racially motivated, that tugs on our heartstrings. If it's uh, a terrorist scenario, it tugs on our heartstrings. If it's any of those three things, it gets noticed. It gets put in the paper. It gets put on the news. It's a fucking headline that flashes across your screen. Because it's clickbaitable. It's something that you, you, you're you going to, it's got a rise in you. So you're going to click on it. If it's just some rando fucking nut job that shoots up a bowling alley in some goofball town, probably not going to hear it. Probably not going to hear about it. It's not juicy enough. Ah, he was crazy and he fucking went nuts and he shot everybody up. Not good enough. Not good enough for the click plate. Not good enough for the ratings. Children? <laughs> yes. I will click that. What happened to these poor children? White guy went into a black church, shot a bunch of people. I'll click that. What happened? What? How racist was this white guy? How dare he? Guy screaming, <laughs> fucking wearing a some sort of something. I was going to say, wearing a towel on his head. I was going to say it. <laughs> fucking terrible. But some guy with, with some sort of Muslim extremism in his fucking scenario, and he goes and shoots up a bunch of places, goddamn America. Tasty. Oh, what? how crazy was this terrorist? Who was he affiliated with? I want to click that. I want to see what's going on there. See what I'm saying? Like, they only tell you, like I said, this shit happens every day. It happens every fucking day. But you only hear about the juicy ones because they're clickbaitable. And I got fucking, I need to move units. And you need to hear, or I I, I need to hear what's going on because, you know, I, I'm concerned about that. They're playing with your emotions, man. And it sucks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let me switch gears and try to uh, get out of grim and solemn. And let's listen to some music. Let's check it out. Let's see what's going on out there. Let's see what's on the pop chart. So this is the part of the podcast, you dirty dirties, where I, a, where I, a lover of uh, more extreme, loud, gross, whatever you want to call it, music. Um, I'm going to check out a song on the Billboard Hot 100. I think this is the number six song in the country. Uh, the artist's name is, where's my glasses? I can't see the fucking thing. Um, Morgan Wallen is the name of this artist. The song is called... You proof. Where the fuck am I? Oh, there's my glasses. I can't fucking see anything anymore. Oh, that makes such a big difference. All right, let's uh, let's check this out, and then after this, we're gonna do the new. We got a new segment. Let's check out "You Proof" by Morgan Wallen. Oh, I ought to get my nice. money back 
bass concerns me. Oh my god. What's with that beat? What is this abomination? What's wrong? Why? Why? I've heard, I've heard in the wind that there's this out there, but I haven't actually heard it for myself. How dare you, Morgan Wallen? You are now the worst person ever on the earth. This is insanity to me. Best thing about that song is this, uh, this song is it's only like a minute and 30 seconds long. Or two minutes, 30 seconds. Oh, but I must be doing something wrong. Cause I've been working hard to fade your memory. Baby, but the only thing faded is me. I need something you prove. I knew it. As soon as I heard that bass, I knew something was suspect about this shit. Very interesting. Uh, well, you know, here's the thing. Um, you know, the modern... I'm just getting out of it because I've heard enough. Um, modern music making is going to seep its way into all forms of music. Case in point, if you listen to any uh, traditional Mexican music, like shit that's on the radio, Mexican radio... You hear those trumpets and those beats and they all sound exactly the same? That's because they're all programmed. That's not a real trumpet player. That's not real tubas. That's not real. That's a program. Modern, traditional Mexican music, banda, and even though they have those big-ass bands that actually play that shit, the recordings that you're hearing, when you hear that... That fuck those crazy ass trumpets that you hear on the radio. Unless it's an old ass recording, um, that's just not that's just not real. That's why it all sounds the same. You think that trumpet, trumpet players have unique sounds to them? If you really know your trumpet players, you can tell who a trumpet player is by how they play and their tone. Um, and the, those. Those trumpet players for those mixing bands, they do go for the splattier tone like what a uh, drum corps uh, trumpet player would do. It's a more of a splat. It's got more in it, more splatty on the lips uh, for the tone. And, um, and they go for that because they're going for volume. And you get more volume with more splat. Uh, and uh, I'm just so, 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 the ease of pre-programmed music, you're able to make shit easier. Sometimes it's garbage. Sometimes it's good. In this case, here's this country guy. Obviously, he got that. 
He got that twang in his voice when he's singing. Yeah, like that first, that first thing came, that scoop. They always scoop into the pitch. You know, um, it's just a tradition of the music. But then when that bass came in, I was like, what's going on, you fuckers? What's, what, why does that bass sound weird? And then the total fucking 808 hi-hat, you motherfuckers. Um, but this is how music, new music gets gets made, is taking a little bit of this one and a little bit of that one and putting it together to have a little bit of new 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 soup. I got a new soup. You never heard my soup. It's a super new soup for you. And um, that's how it goes. But goddamn, some fucking two great tastes sometimes don't taste great together. Keep program beats out of country music. Can I say that out loud? Or am I being a fucking curmudgeon? And I don't want shit to be a certain thing. But it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. And it's been happening. They just have been doing it better than um, a blatant fucking programmed beat. You know, if you're using... <laughs> I don't think Nashville ever thought they would use 808. But goddamn you, Nashville! You're subcoming to uh, the ways of modern music making. I know it's not like this anymore in Nashville, but there was a time in the uh, 80s and 90s and maybe even the early 2000s. I might have this a little skewed and a little wrong, but from what I heard and what I know when I've talked to people about this, um, there was a handful of musicians that recorded every record that came out of Nashville. There was probably a list about of about 20 to 25 musicians that played on every fucking record. Like, if you looked on those records that came out of that time, and if they came out of Nashville, you were going to see the same names over and over again. They had a system out there, and they kept that. They kept a tight ship, and only the best, the best of the best, played on people's records. Um, and shit like this, having some programmed drums, that's definitely a way to keep um those guys from not playing on your record. I guess. Ah, let's fucking bring in a machine. Why do we gotta pay that guy? The machine works for free. I don't know. I, I have no idea if that's the uh, that's the play there, but so it goes. All right. New feature. New feature of the podcast we're going to start this week. Hopefully I do this every week, this new feature. Uh, I had uh, – I see it all the time. You know, people, people forever have been giving you questions like, you know, hey, do you like this thing or do you like that thing, right? Um. In fact, here, let me play my, I gotta, I, I gotta, I made this an hour ago. Let's see if this works. Oh, come on, play it. This or that. 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 This segment is called This or That. Um... Uh, this is inspired by a uh, ongoing text thread that I have with a good friend of mine named Max Gangsland. Uh, 
And Max, I knew from uh, from Cal State Hayward. We went to Cal State Hayward together. He was a percussionist with me in the percussion department, the music department. And uh, we've stayed in contact. Um, we hung out. Well, we hang out still once in a blue moon. Um, Max would always happen to have an extra ticket to see some fucking giant jazz head. Like 95% of the rad jazz that I've seen live has been because Max had an extra ticket and uh, and would let me tag along and go, go check out some badassery in the jazz world either fusion or straight ahead or bebop or whatever. So uh, I've seen some shit, and it's all due to my friend Max. And for years, I mean years, we've been texting each other this or that questions. You like this thing or you like that thing? And somehow they're related. There's always something about the two of them that like they're maybe the two best of a thing or maybe they're polar opposite of a thing, but there's always some sort of thread that connects them, and, you know, sometimes it's a, a, a current event kind of thing. And he's, you know, and the idea is that, you know, you're picking one or the other, uh, and any criteria, any criteria in your explanation as to why you're picking that one, okay? So... um for example, on a issue of current events, he had texted me, and as soon as I saw it, I just fucking laughed my dick off because it was just so funny, and like it was like the night of. He had texted me, Chris or Will, Chris Rock or Will Smith, after the slap. He literally texted that to me like that night. Like the Oscars were on a fuck what a, a Sunday night or some shit like that. It was either like it was so soon. It might have even been Monday morning. But I just fucking laughed. I just laughed and I was like, well, I gotta, you know, I gotta be on the side of the comedian for that. You know what I mean? So um I picked Chris Rock. You know what I mean? Uh, and, but it's just so that's the thing. It's a this or that. So what I am gonna do every week on Sunday evening. I'm going to post on my Facebook page. So Sean Boyles on Facebook, if you can find me. There's a few of us. There's a few Sean Boyles out there. Mine will be the page with my stupid face on there and um, me and my wife. There's a picture of me and my wife as the background. So, um, And it'll say drummer for Hazards, drummer for Zeds. You know, it'll say a bunch of stuff. You'll know who it is if you try to find me on Facebook. On Sunday nights, I'm going to put the this or that question up for the week. And then on the Tuesday when I record the podcast, I will reveal my pick. That's what I'm going to do. That's the plan. So this past Sunday, in fact, I didn't even think about doing the answer on the podcast until today. So that's where that, this is brand new right out of the shoot. okay? I was thinking about doing it as a goof sort of a thing just to do it on my Facebook page just to... You know, just to get some traffic, get people talking, especially because most of them are going to be music. But there will be some other ones. And I even put a little, I even make a dumb little graphic on my my shitty, terrible photoshopping ability. I put together a little graphic. So this week's this or that was ACDC or Van Halen. 
and the reason why I picked those two, in my opinion, out of out of the classic rock sort of genre, I know Van Halen gets thrown in that thing. ACDC definitely. Those two for me are the most rocking. Just pure, just rocking. Okay? And they they have similarities. They have tons of similarities. Okay? Very simple bass lines. Simple bass lines. A wizard of a guitar player. Lead guitar player is thought, you know, in each band is, you know, is, is bowed to Angus Young, Eddie Van Halen. Uh, both bands have had multiple singers, right? Van Halen had David Lee Roth and then Sammy Hagar. ACDC had Bon Scott. He passes away and then he comes Brian Johnson. And the controversies that surrounded those two things, even though one guy dies and another guy comes in, still sort of controversial. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? You know, Dave leaves Van Halen and then they bring in Hagar and they're like, oh shoot, what are they going to do? How are they going to do it? You know, um, uh, what now? But there's opposites too that are pretty important as well. You know, the flamboyantness of Van Halen. It's the big show. It's fucking David Lee Roth is a showman. You know what I mean, and 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 the, the you know the the how they dress and the the big giant stage show and and you know there's a lot of flair going on there. You know, ACDC not so much flair. They got some flair though. There's fucking coming out on you know. There's the bell that drops in, and there's the cannons for fucking you know. And Angus is running around in that schoolboy outfit, even still now to this day. There's some showmanship there too, but. In a, in basic terms, you think of ACDC as your fucking blue collar, scruffy street kids, and you think of you know Van Halen as you know the guy you're gonna buy coke from at the party. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just kind of two different schools of thought. But for me, though, I mean, just personally, that kind of rock and roll. Those are the two best for me. Those are the two best. And it's really, and, and, and uh, so it was really interesting to see people's reasons why they picked one over the other. One guy was like, well, ACDC sold 200 million and uh, Van Halen's only sold 35. So I'm going to go with ACDC. I'm like, that's a fucking dumbass reason why. Because one sold more. So you want to be with the cool kids that bought fucking more of those records than the other band? Not a, not a good enough reason. Other ones had just, you know, hey, just, you know, Van Halen never did anything for me, so I'm going to go with ACDC. Or, ah, ACDC was too simple for me, I didn't get it, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go with Van Halen. And and now, as far as ACDC is concerned, that simplicity to me is fucking genius. It is genius. I dare you. I fucking dare dare you to try and play that shit and make it sound like that band it's fucking near impossible there is a cosmic sort of coming together of amazingness 
that happens in that band that only happens when it's Phil Rudd, Malcolm, Cliff Williams, and Angus. Something about those four guys is fucking perfection. It's fucking perfect in a gnarly with teeth and claws and hair kind of way. It's the perfect amount of grit and attitude and swagger and strut and big dick-swinging, knuckle-dragging rock and roll. Tough. You don't want to fuck with them, but you're going to have a good time. You're going to, you know, it's just, it's it's tough, but yet it's cool. And they do it perfectly. And nobody, like, since I've been playing drums, I've seen this debate about, you know, ah, Phil Rudd, he's just simple, and da, 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 he doesn't do the fills, and blah, blah, blah. I can't do it. I can't sit down and play a Phil Rudd beat and make it sound like fucking Phil Rudd. I can't do it. There is something about his swing that is impossible to play correctly. The dude is just a a very special and unique player. It's impossible to make that shit sound right, you know? The way they lock in together, it's just impossible. They're fucking great. One of my all-time favorite bands. Now, Van Halen, oh, David Lee Roth, in my opinion, is the best front man that has ever been ever in the history of music. He's not the best singer. Not the best singer. Best front man. No one in recorded history has sounded like they are having a better time than David Lee Roth on a recording. He just sounds like he's having a blast no matter what he's singing about or what song he's on. The party is happening wherever the fuck David Lee Roth is. Alex Van Halen has been a drum hero of mine since I first started playing. The first song I learned how to play from a drum teacher was Van Halen's Jump. I'd go in every week. The drum teacher would write out a section of the song, and I'd come home and learn that section. Did that for weeks. On Van Halen's Jump, we got up to the bridge. The bridge is weird, and he wasn't trying to write that shit out, so we stopped and we started another song. I later learned how to do it, learned how to play the rest of the song by ear. I don't think I ever did it quite right. But goddamn, Alex Van Halen was a motherfucker of a drummer. So, like, the washed-out cymbal that kind of carried over from the 60s that not too many people were doing in the 80s, he kept that shit going. I use that in my playing now. The washed-out cymbal. A la Alex Van Halen, a la Keith Moon. And then Eddie Van Halen. I mean, god damn, Eddie Van Halen. Are you fucking kidding me? The wizard of all wizards. You know, we will ne- I you know, when when Eddie passed away, I, the little tribute that I did to Eddie, like we'll never see another guitar player 
have that much impact on that instrument. We'll never see it. Like he did it all. And his rhythm playing and his lead playing were astronomically amazing, top notch. It's really hard for me to pick ACDC or Van Halen. It's super hard for me to pick. I love them both equally. In fact, I even said in the in the comments of, on the thread on my post on Facebook, you know, because one guy said it, and I, I, I totally agreed. He said he's all, I'm picking this band, but if you ask me next week, I might pick this band. And I'm... I'm I'm on that page with this. If you ask me my favorite rock and roll band, I'm going to say ACDC. If you ask me my favorite rock band, I might say Van Halen. It's that fucking neck and neck for me. And maybe it's a, you know, semantics. Maybe it's a thing. But it's really hard for me to pick. But... As far as influence on how I play as a musician and what I got out of one band versus the other, Van Halen edges ACDC out by a fucking smidge. By a smidge. Um, the simplicity in those bass lines are perfect for those songs. Uh, Michael Anthony does a little bit more wizardry because he got influenced by the wizard of all wizards. You know what I mean? Those harmonies that Michael Anthony does, those high fucking harmonies are so unique and so signature to that band. Um, I never hear a Van Halen song and not smile. I will smile fucking ear to ear every time I hear a Van Halen song. So uh, with that, my pick for the this or that this week is the mighty, the mighty Van Halen. Uh, so yeah, hopefully we do a feature. We do this every week, a little feature. This or that, it's called. And uh, I got a doozy for next week. I already got a. I already got a few lined up. I started making graphics and putting them together. And uh, and some of them are gonna be super cliche. This or that's it. We heard, you know, like. I won't do this, but in the vein of Coke or Pepsi. Like, basic bitch ones that you've heard for years. We're just going to fucking throw them in there. And maybe we'll, t- and, and, and I'll talk, I'll talk about them. Um, so, another little feature there. How about that? All right, let's, um, speaking of fucking features. Earworm of the week. Ladies and gentlemen. Dirties of all ages. Uh, thank you for uh, checking out another episode of the SBP. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, all the same shit you hear on every other fucking podcast, right? Um, send me a fucking review. Send me a rating. Subscribe so you get let known when it's going down every week. Uh, I am really liking putting these things out on Tuesday night versus Thursday night. I think it's just it's just better. It's just better. Works out better for me. Um, I usually don't have anything going on on Tuesday night, so it just works better. Uh, This week's Earworm of the Week, (laughs) very interesting as to how this song ended up in my head, and I really don't know why, because um, 
what sparked it, what sparked the idea of this song was a picture I saw online of Rudy Sarza. Rudy Sarzo, the bass player for Quiet Riot, also spent time playing with Ozzy. Okay. Now, he was holding a bass. Looked like a fender, like a fender bass, maybe a fender P bass, something like that. But it had a it was reddish, but it had a pick guard on it that was black with white polka dots. Automatically, right away, I was like, oh, that pick guard is in tribute to Randy Rhodes, guitar player for Ozzy for all those years. The The years that Rudy Sarzo played in Ozzy's band is the years that, um, that Randy Rhodes was there. But then, the song that becomes the earworm of the week, an Ozzy song, yes, an Ozzy song that got stuck in the head, but neither Rudy Sarzo or Randy Rose played on. How my mind works is phenomenal to me. It's amazing. Saw a picture, Rudy Sarzo, saw the pick guard, polka dots, Randy Rhodes. They both played for Ozzy. Boom. This song gets stuck in my head, and neither one of those cats played on it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dirties of all ages, earworm of the week this week, lightning strikes. From Ozzy Osbourne off of the Ultimate Sin record. This is Jakey Lee, motherfuckers. The awesome Jakey Lee. Um, yeah. Fucking Lightning Strikes, Ultimate Sin record. Um, be good. Keep it dirty. And I'll see you, Foreskins, next week.
fuck, Staten Avenue. Brought to you by Blowout Productions.